We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's Chris Biederman. And today we are talking about the 49ers end of season uh, press conferences with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and then a bunch of players, including Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, a couple of guys who are going to be free agents this offseason. So we'll dive into all of that, and we'll start looking ahead to the 49ers offseason. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. All right, so Chris, I jumped into my, my betting app today at Bet Online. And my balance looked heftier than I thought it was going to look. And so I start digging around trying to figure out where the heck this additional money came from. And I eventually find out (laughs) that a bet I had placed on Deshaun Watson to lead the NFL in passing yards wound up hitting. Oh, no way. So what'd you get? What, What were your odds? Plus 800. No way. Congratulations. And thank you. And I placed it in week 12 when Patrick Mahomes was at 3,497 yards and Deshaun Watson was at 3,201. And I went, yeah, what the heck? Maybe Mahomes has a couple of bad games. Uh, Watson had been tearing it up to that point. Well, like immediately after that, Deshaun Watson has 219 yards and a blowout loss to the Bears. And Patrick Mahomes kept lighting it up. So I kind of just wrote the bet off. 
I mean, Watson was down 600 or something yards. I mean, whatever, whatever it was. It wasn't 600, but he was down a bunch of yards. And I didn't think there was any chance he would catch up. But he went into week 17, 282 yards behind Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes sits out week 17 while Deshaun Watson lights it up for 365 yards and he winds up leading the NFL in passing. Shout out to my guy, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> wow, that's that's really incredible. Just really an happy. unbelievable stroke of luck. <laughs> that, is, that is crazy lucky. That was like me waking up super hungover on New Year's, feeling like, I mean, the, the older you get and, and when you drink, it's it's just much harder on your body, or at least it feels yes. that way. I'm dealing with like the worst hangover I've I've had since like my early 20s, it feels like. Uh-oh. And then I look in my bank account, and the uh, that six hundred dollar hit on New Year's Day, and I had no idea it was going to be there. Oh, excellent! But it wasn't even like you know the stimulus money. It wasn't even like I wish it. It's not nearly as cool as placing a bet and sort of forgetting about it and winning in in real heroic fashion like that. So I'm happy for you. Congratulations, you deserve it. Yeah, but for what it's worth, uh, your stimmy was more than my winnings. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Let's talk about the 49ers. Let's do it. Season's over. A lot happened today. We're recording this Monday night around 9 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, I am a blogger at Niners Wire. And one of the things I do is when there's a press conference, just going through and, and any piece of news that comes out of that press conference, you get a headline up about it, you write about it real quick. A typical press conference, I'll have three pieces maybe like a typical press conference during the season there might be like an injury update and then something about a player's future and something about a player uh from the past game you know it's it's typically in that range right i had to stop writing to eat dinner and get ready for the pod and i was at like five pieces and i still have more stuff to go yeah and i've condensed some of them into like one that could have been two yeah, today so a lot was, happened. To, honestly, for me, like maybe I've just spent way too much time on Zoom and and spent way too much time listening to Kyle Shanahan. But I didn't really find that there was a whole lot of revelatory information today. Sure, and there there were definitely some things. Um, I guess particularly from players, and um, we'll talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing here in a sec. But you know, it's typically you have like during the season when. Um, when you, they have press conferences, it's like a handful of writers or whatever asking questions. And then there's a big difference between that and what happens at the end of year thing when John Lynch comes in and then all the columnists and all the TV people are in there. And it just feels like sort of an event. Today was sort of the same, but it was it wasn't it wasn't like the columnists um, and the TV people asking like the big picture questions. It was it was more beat writers asking a lot of questions that we've been asking for for the last few months really and we just had to i mean the the goal today is to try to get as many big picture topics as you can and i mean to be honest they talked a lot they talked for like 40 minutes it was a lot it was a lot and like you know i love the bay area i live here too and but there was one point where they were where they were talking about why they like the bay area and and how tough it was to um you know to be in Arizona and uh and they're just going on and on and it was like man we're 
we're on a we're on a clock here. Like they're they're gonna shut this down because they've been talking for so long, and I don't know how how <laughs> how I can use this giant block of text talking about the Bay Area. Like I, I like the, it here the, too, but and and I haven't spent the last month in Arizona. But I guess it speaks to how insane it is that they had to spend five weeks in Arizona. The 49ers have the free version of Zoom that cuts out after 40 minutes. <laughs> We gotta get going. (laughs) Last question, not by choice. Like literally, we're up against it. Uh, As a person, real quick, and I, I say this with a couple caveats, but as a person who lived in the Bay Area for most of my life, spent some time in Sacramento as well, but lived in the Bay Area for most of my life, and then had to move to Arizona for two and a half years. Uh, Arizona's fine. Being told you have to move there for a month with three days notice would suck. For uh, in the middle of a football season, in the middle of a pandemic, like <laughs> it's, it's insane. It just that whole situation was insane. You can tell. Like, I mean, I I haven't heard anything super crazy, but about anything that happened there. But you can tell, like, that was just a drag. Yeah, for everybody involved. Yeah, it would suck. And like you talk to people, the only the only real like positive perspective they have is like, well, it could be worse. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like yeah, I guess. But well, yeah, we've I, talked I, about that before. I want to say real quick, I loved my time in Arizona. I have yeah, a, that's all the Arizona 49ers fans who listen to this pod. I I have a I have an affinity for Arizona. The waste management open was one of the most fun sporting yes. events I've ever been to. Anyway, yes. continue. It's a blast. Uh. Also, um, I was not trying to, when I say that about Arizona and like, hey, it would suck to have to move there. I'm not, I'm not saying that to like make light of the pandemic and the whole situation. I just want to make that very clear. Right. So let's start with, where do you want to start? Um, I'll let you pick. You were in the Zoom conference. I was not. So I'm going to hand it to you. And you let me know where you want to start. I'm guessing it'll be with the quarterback, but up yeah, to you. let's just ha- let's have the Garoppolo conversation. Okay. Um, and we actually got to talk to Garoppolo today too for the first time since he's since November when he, uh, or I guess October, because we haven't talked to him since he got hurt. Mm, that's right. Um, so Jimmy, you know, Jimmy doesn't say a whole lot. Um, I think that's sort of by design. He he's. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the player who gives you a soundbite that really perks your ears up, and um, and you know he's not, he's very well versed in uh, in invo- avoiding um, controversy, and I think he probably mm-hmm. gets that from from the Patriots in large part. But he talked today. He said, you know, he's wanted to be, he wants to be back. He loves it here. He's tuning out the noise. He's had conversations with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Um, all of that stuff. And Kyle Shannon and John Lynch reiterated that they expect the 49ers quarterback to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And, um, and obviously like it's, it's a high profile thing. It's a big decision for the team to make whether or not they want to stick with Garoppolo or not. But I, I think like people, people have their own feelings about Garoppolo. Right. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of them ascribe their feelings to what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch should, should say. So like, I feel like, and maybe this is just a social media thing, but I feel like there are people who think that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good. And because they think Jimmy Garoppolo isn't good, that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch must agree. And Jimmy's on his way out. Whereas on the other side of it, there are people who think Jimmy Garoppolo is good and he's getting a whole lot of, 
um, you know, undue criticism, right? Which is whatever. I mean, these these this is how this is how fans work. They create, um, you know, they have their opinions and and but but so I think when but the point being like every everyone wants to know what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are really thinking, and what I think they're really thinking is it's far too early to make a decision. And there's a whole lot of off-season stuff that has to happen um, before they could even figure out an alternative. So it's not going to do anybody any good to say anything other than the fact, or anything other than Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be, we expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be our starting quarterback, but we're not going to guarantee anything just like we wouldn't guarantee anything else for anybody on the roster. And I think, you know, I wrote about it today, and it's going to be in, in Tuesday's Sacramento Bee, that the 49ers tend to make their biggest offseason moves around the draft. Um, some of them are surprising, um, maybe unexpected, and and that's generally like they're it the the pattern if you follow the decision making process and the timelines of a lot of it is they keep all of their cards close to the vest and then they do whatever they do during the draft and nobody can really pigeonhole what their plan's gonna be. Um, if you want an example in 2018, I think, you know, the 49ers went into it with Trent Brown at right tackle. Nobody was expecting the 49ers to take a right tackle. Really? I mean, there were very few people, I guess I should say people who were bull- or who were not in on, um, on Trent Brown's long-term future with the team. Um, it was a surprise and they, and they ended up trading Trent Brown right after they, they get Mike McGlinchey. Um, they end up signing Jaquaski Tart to a new contract extension after they don't draft Derwin James. Uh, you want to look at this season, look at the Joe Staley situation and how they tried to keep that under wraps so they wouldn't be pigeonholed to, you know, potentially take a tackle. And they didn't even announce the deal until they had Trent William, the Trent Williams trade agreed to, right? Mm-hmm. So the way they operate is they want to keep everybody guessing. So as much as they might be up on the on the podium saying um you know we we we've said it over and over again we expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be our quarterback but that doesn't mean we you know we're n- we're not going to evaluate all other options like i think they like the speculation because i think they like when nobody knows what they're going to do going into the draft and i think that's just sort of an ethos of the way they work in in that you know this is what their fifth draft mm-hmm. um that 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 this group is going to have together did I do that math wrong? Fourth? Fifth. 17, 17, 18, 19, 20. Fifth. I'm right. All right. So sweet. Nice job. Um, <laughs> like, I, I think they're they're going to say the same things, and then they may move on from Garoppolo or they may not, and it's going to come down to what the options are. And we've talked about it. Like, if they want to upgrade to Matt Stafford, well, the Lions don't have a coach and GM, and they don't know that Matt Stafford is going to even be available. So why would they indicate that, you know, why would they indicate publicly <laughs> that, that they're waiting on that, right? Is Jimmy Garoppolo thing? your quarterback next year? Well, fingers crossed for Matt Stafford, but right, we'll exactly. see. Right, exactly. They're not going to say that. Um, same with, you know, Matt Ryan and, and um, you know, Kirk Cousins or whatever. They're all, the, the quarterback dominoes have not started falling yet. And what's going to be available or not is going to change drastically, uh, maybe through trades during free agency, um, you know, the draft potentially. So I, I think anybody who says that they know whether the team's going to move on for, from Jimmy Garoppolo or not is being disingenuous because the options 
the possible alternatives aren't there yet. And I think when the 49ers do evaluate all those options, it's going to be about finding a quarterback that gives them a better chance to win the Super Bowl this season than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they decide that, you know, unless Kyle Shanahan falls in love with one of these quarterbacks in the draft that they trade up for, um, I think if it's a veteran, it's got to be somebody like Stafford or somebody who's a very, like, pretty clear upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. And you can make the case, too, that Staff- there there are some parts of, of Matthew Stafford that might be a lateral move from, from peak Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Um, just given that Stafford has thrown a lot of interceptions, his teams haven't won games, um, he might have more arm talent, but that's not necessarily an indicator of how he's going to fit in the locker room and with the system and all that stuff. Like, there's... You know, um, so anyway, like, I just think with them saying they expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be their starting quarterback, they do. It's not, it's not a lie, but it's also the thing you say when you really don't know what's going to happen and what could potentially be available to you in the spring. And so, you know, if the 49ers feel like they can get a rookie quarterback, on a rookie contract and fill out the rest of the roster and you can run Kyle Shanahan's system to the point that maybe they get a Robert Griffin the third rookie of the year type season um, and and get a rookie quarterback they think can take him to the playoffs and then maybe they do that after because Kyle Shanahan hasn't even started looking at the college quarterbacks yet right so you know why, why would why would he say anything about the Jimmy Garoppolo situation before even diving into the film and all that going in the lab so to speak um so yeah i I I think it's i don't i I think whatever happens and and here's the other thing too they could basically cement jimmy garoppolo as the starter and end all the speculation by just reworking his contract and you convert some some of his salary into signing bonus you're guaranteeing him more money for 2022 which potentially could be problematic but they've just they, they just did that with D Ford and Western Richburg. And, you know, like th- they restructure these guys when it's probably not the wisest thing to do it. And they do it anyway, because it clears cap space in, in the near term. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to just put an end to all of the speculation and tell the entire football world that they're sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, they could guarantee him more money, um, shrink his cap number, which they're going to need to, to, to bring in, you know, or resign free agents really important, potentially expensive free agents. Um, and then make it clear to everybody that Garoppolo is going to be there, but they haven't done that yet. And maybe that's because Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe his camp is maybe, maybe they're haggling over numbers or something. And maybe that extension will come or extension restructure, whatever it's going to be, will come some point soon, maybe. But to me, the way I look at it is the 49ers like the speculation. They like when nobody knows what they're going to do. And then they're going to make their move somewhere around the draft. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to move on from Garoppolo, but maybe they decide to give Garoppolo that contract, uh, rework his contract at some point. You know, like if the night put it this way, if the Niners picked first, it picked in the draft and ended up with a pass rusher cornerback. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that same night they announced a, a Jimmy Garoppolo restructure or extension. Right. Because then then it would be like, well, we, you know, it, it's clear they wanted people to think they were in the quarterback market. And ultimately, 
the less people know about what you're going to do, um, the better off you're going to be when, when you're drafting, right? So like, I also, I, yeah. I, I also just to that point real quick, I also think it's important to, to distinguish sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021 is not the same as Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback 10 years from now. Yeah, like he's there, in the year. Yes, and that that is, I think, where the team is probably realistically at with him. Like, I don't think anything Kyle Shanahan has said or anything John Lynch has said about, like, yeah, Jimmy's won a lot of games for us. And what else have they said? Uh, Jimmy's, we think he can get a lot better. And we went to the Super Bowl with him. Like, there's nothing they're saying that's factually inaccurate. Right. Um, they're much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. I think that's that's in that's in the numbers, it's in the record, it's in yeah. They're a much better team with them. And so I think when you have that in the short term, like going into next year, where as you just laid out, the additional quarterback options are so up in the air and largely unknown. They'll come they'll 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 come into the clear eventually, and eventually something will materialize. But right now, when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are answering questions on January 4th, two days, one day after the season ended, that 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 draft prospect, that trade, that free agent acquisition isn't there yet. And acting like it is, is a detriment to the team. Like, that's how you lose locker rooms. Right. And there's a very real chance, and, and everybody who covers the team, uh, Cam Inman said it on 95.7 The Game, uh, Tracy Sandler said it on this podcast. You've said it. I think Nick Wagner has said it where it's like, yeah, it looks like Garoppolo is going to be the guy next year. That doesn't mean they won't draft somebody. They might still trade up and draft somebody. Yeah. And keep Garoppolo and, and just keep have Garoppolo. a competition. Yeah. It, it's, it's not. Kyle Shanahan mentioned last week, the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes dynamic, um, during one of his zoom calls and just how much sort of indicating like how much admiration he had for that process. And I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo would be super enthused to groom a first round pick right to replace him next year, but I mean, the, I I don't think that's that's out of the realm of possibility. If there's a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan loves that they don't trade up for, like you know, and that it, would it, it it would it would be an unexpected outcome, but the 49ers going into next season with Jimmy Garoppolo as the veteran starter and a rookie first round pick pushing him for his job, if that was a scenario, it wouldn't completely shock me. And maybe that's what needs to happen because that's not something Garoppolo's had since he was in San Francisco. Yeah, and if if Jimmy Garoppolo wins a starting job, which I presume he would because he's been in the system for so much longer, and he's still a pretty pretty talented quarterback. Um, it would, and Jimmy Garoppolo were to get hurt, then it's, you're in a much better situation than having to start Nick Mullins for an extended period. You have your first round pick right. and because he's a first round pick, you know, he's potentially a franchise guy. So, and that's, and that's, that's the other piece of this quarterback conversation that gets glossed over a lot because Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously drawing the ire of, of a lot of fans. Um, the other piece of this that gets glossed over is the need to upgrade the entire quarterback room. And Shanahan talked about that a little bit uh, on Monday about how they're going to look into quarterbacks more than they ever have and all that. But even if they can upgrade at the backup spot for 2021, 
I really like their chances to contend for a title again. That's with Jimmy Garoppolo starting. And then you figure out the rest later. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is you get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo and get him playing like, and you know, this, this is tough because we've seen like 2017 Jimmy Garoppolo, those last five games, like that hasn't come back. Right. Right. Like not in any real, like consistent stretch. Um, and if, but if you can get like second half of the, of 2019 season, Jimmy Garoppolo with Brandon, Ayuk, Debo, Samuel, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, and you upgrade the offensive line. I mean, that, that has the makings of a really, really good offense, let alone mm-hmm. if you draft another, you know, receiver, bring in another running back or get Jalen Hurd healthy. Um, just given that you have Kyle Shanahan and all those weapons are ready, like that's the Niners are are gonna have if everybody's healthy, a very good offense. I, I think no matter who's a quarterback, it's just you you got to stay healthy, and that's that's the issue with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that you know they have to decide if they can wait for Garoppolo to get healthy and just have their fingers crossed and hope he is, um, or if they they just need to rip the bandaid off and say you know we like Jimmy a lot, but we just can't. We can't deal with the durability issues anymore. We're not going right. to sit around and waste our championship window on, um, you know, 2021 Sam Bradford. Right. And that's, that's I think, kind of the, the stopping point is they, just because someone says someone being Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, someone with the organization says Jimmy's the guy for next year does not mean they are committing to him or pretending to commit to him for the next decade. Right. I think that's just literally where it's at right now. Ask him again in six weeks and see if the answer is different. Yeah. And I think that's, that's going to be the, important thing but i guarantee we're going to continue to have this discussion so i would like to talk about something different right now unless you have anything else to say uh no i'm good okay great (laughs) we did it like i said i'm i'm guessing we're gonna have matt miller on the pod i think next week uh, nfl draft scout on twitter he uh i know he has jimmy garoppolo takes so i'm sure it'll come up with him as well he's not a garoppolo guy not not a garoppolo guy at all so i'm very interested to see what he has to say uh, about the quarterback class and all that. And that's a tease, everybody. Kyle Juszczyk. Let's talk about him. He yeah. spoke with you guys today. And I had in my head, just based on things Kyle Shanahan had said and things that Juszczyk had said kind of throughout the year that like, oh, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent, but it's one of those things where they just got to hash out the numbers and he's coming back. But indications from the press conference today made it seem like it might not be that cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, he, Kyle Juszczyk is a very honest guy. Um, in my dealings with him, he, you can get a really honest opinion from him both on and off the record. Um, and you know, he said basically to, to open his press conference, he said to be totally honest with you, it's kind of a sense of unsure. Just not totally sure what's ahead for me. I don't know. I don't want it to be a sense of finality. Honestly, it's just been a lot of emotions the past weeks. Um, Even if you just asking me that already has got me choked up. 
a lot of that will come into play here, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so the fact that Kyle Juszczyk opened his press conference sort of getting emotional um, makes me think that he might be on his way out. And, um, and I think if you look at the way 2020 had unfolded, obviously with the pandemic and causing the, the salary cap for 21 to shrink down to 175 million um, and, you know, potentially losing $40 million, say in, in potential cap space because revenues are down. I think Kyle Juszczyk is the type of free agent that costs you. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a very important player to the offense. He sort of, I think he sort of embodies the offense in the sense that um, it's a run first offense, but they do a ton of stuff with play action in the passing game. Um, it's a really versatile running game and, and Kyle Juszczyk is on the field for a lot of it and a key weapon for a lot of that. Um, it's why we joke so much about the fact that, you know, people say, oh my God, I can't believe you gave a fullback a $21 million contract. If you look at Kyle Juszczyk's impact on what they do schematically and from a personnel perspective, like he's, he's one of the most invaluable, irreplaceable guys that they have because of just his skill set and his mind. Um, George Kittle was talking about Kyle Juszczyk today and saying there were there have been so many instances when Kyle Juszczyk will fix somebody's mistake during a play, like somebody has a missed blocking assignment or something. Kyle Juszczyk will fix it, and it's gone for explosive gains. Right? Like, so there... And, and it you feels like... It. I, think, I think you tweeted this during one of the last two games, but every big 49ers run starts with a Kyle Juszczyk block. Yeah, it feels like it. Like, every single... Yeah. Like, there, there's always a good Kyle Juszczyk block if he's on the field for a big running play. Um, and so I, I just think he's, he's an incredibly valuable member to the offense, and I think it would be a tough loss um, if they can't bring him back. And the fact he was so emotional today... Um, you know, I, I think generally these guys have a pretty good idea of what lies ahead. Um, you know, they, they won't necessarily say it. They won't be as frank about it as, you know, maybe Richard Sherman was when he said he doesn't expect to be back. <laughs> um, but use check being emotional and not feeling sure about what's going to happen. You know, I mean, there might be another team that says, Hey, we'll give you the same contract you signed in 2017 ride with us. And the Niners, you know, are looking at a scenario where they have to pay Trent Williams twenty million plus a year. Um, they have to give Fred Warner the same contract they just gave George Kittle. And it's like, man, like they gotta they, they have cornerbacks that they you know, you, you have to have high level cornerbacks if you're gonna go to the Super Bowl and like the 49ers might have to pay for one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Um and one of them might be Kwan Williams, who who is sort of in the same boat as Kyle Juszczyk, just on the defensive side, but sort of somebody who's a really important player who they just might not be able to bring back because of you know the salary cap going down. Prioritize prioritize for me, Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and Kwan Williams. Trent Williams is first. He's the most important free agent they have, and probably right. the most important decision that they have to make outside of whatever they decide at quarterback. Okay. Um, and then, man, I mean, the thing is, it, it feels like every year there's like some really badass 
safety slash slot guy in the draft that you get in like the second round. Uh-huh. Like Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, like that I feel like there's somebody like that in every draft. So sure. maybe they decide. I mean, it, it yeah, I might put Uzcheck second, honestly. Okay. I think Uzcheck second and I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if K1 Williams went and got like 8 or 9 million a year somewhere. And the 49ers are just saying, all right, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> you got paid, but we cannot match that deal. And it wouldn't surprise right. me at all if it, it's, you know, Robert Sala's new team. Yeah, it's going to be, free agency in general is going to be fascinating. John Lynch said today the 49ers are operating as though it'll hit the $175,000 floor. The uh, million. $175 million floor, 175000 would mean a lot of teams are fixing It would things. be difficult to field an NFL team. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of how some of these guys market shape up. And, and I mean, there's not a ton to get into necessarily because we don't really know. But I'm like a guy like K1 Williams, I think in, in a normal year, I think it's just pencil him in for, for nine or 10 million a year. Yeah. But this offseason, you know, maybe teams are, are hesitant to to go out and pay $10 million for a, for a slot corner. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It could be that, that that's a good point. It could be that the pandemic means that there isn't the market for some of these sort of second-tier free agents and that there isn't as much money out there, so they return to their original teams because it's familiar and they if they're going to take less somewhere, they'd rather be in, in a place they're comfortable. Right. That could be true. You want to talk about Trent Williams? Sure. Um, that was a little bit supposed to be the segue, so I'm glad you caught on. <laughs> so Trent Williams today said, and he's reiterated sort of the whole second half of the season when the free agency stuff has come up. He said it, frankly, that the 49ers are his top destination and he wants to come back and he thinks, um, he's made it clear that there, there's more than likely avenues towards him coming back given the 49ers salary cap constraints and, and maybe the 49ers will have more than 30 million in cap space after they make some cuts and adjustments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Williams made it sound like he could probably get a really lucrative deal without it impacting the 49ers immediate cap too much. And the 49ers can backload, you know, money. They, they did it with D Ford. They can do it with Eric or they've done it with Eric Armstead. They could probably do it with Trent Williams and push some of the money into 2022 when the cap, is expected to bounce back, right? Because it's not going to be at the same level as it was, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, things will be back to normal in 2021, and so uh, maybe the cap will go for, you know, have a big spike in 2022. Um, but what was interesting, and Trent Williams, when he came to the 49ers, had it negotiated in his contract with the team that he would not be able to get the franchise tag which means he is setting himself up for a bidding war and he wants to come back to the 49ers. It's the most likely avenue. It's the most, it's his top destination. But what we don't know is, is there a team somewhere lying in the weeds that says, Hey man, here's $24 million a year. You're the best left tackle in football. Uh, Come play with us. And the 49ers are just going to sit there sitting on their thumbs and be like, man, we just cannot afford to pay, a non-quarterback $24 million with a quarterback already making $24 million and that, Jimmy Garoppolo. And and a move like that changes the, uh, the 49ers offseason calculus by a lot. 
Yeah. And and maybe that sort of kickstarts like a rebuilding thing where they say, all right, well, we're going to, if we don't have a franchise left tackle, then it's stupid for us to pay all this money for a quarterback. Let's, you know, bring in a, a lower level free agent or let's draft a left tackle and let's bring in a young quarterback and then start going from there. Yeah. You know, like it could be that type of thing. But I I do think if like if gun to my head, you, you asked me to put a percentage on it. Like, I think it's probably 70 percent that Trent Williams comes back because both yeah, sides, I think it makes too much likely. sense for both sides. But what we can't account for, like I'm like I said, is is the team that's like, now nah, we're going to we're going to give you Laramie Tunzel's contract and more. Right. And then William and basically because what William said today, it was like, yeah, I've never really had a chance to hit free agency like this. Right. Um, and franchise left tackles in history. Matt Mayoko brought this up. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that like franchise left tackles don't hit the open market. And Trent Williams could cash out like big time with another team and the 49ers. It just might be priced out. Yep. And, uh, and so he's open to that. He went, he's excited to potentially have a bidding war while at the same time saying the 49ers are his top destination. So, Take it for what it's worth. I think it's probably a 70% chance he comes back. Ultimately, that means nothing. He either comes back or he doesn't. But um, It would be so cool to be in a situation in your job where your contract with that job was ending and you knew that you were just going to make the most money of anyone who does the thing that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That small, would be so small awesome. percentage of people, <laughs> small percentage of people can claim that. Anyway, yeah. So, um, but if you don't sign Trent Williams and you're not tying all that money into Trent Williams, then you have a lot more roster flexibility. Right, and it changes their draft needs because now all of a sudden left tackle becomes their biggest need. And right, man, it's going to be a super interesting off season, to say the least. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about Blue Wire Hustle real quick? Let's do it. So we're going to talk about Blue Wire Hustle, everybody, and this is pretty awesome. So Blue Wire Hustle is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. Chris, I think uh, I'm on pins and needles just waiting to be asked to do one of those Q&As. Yeah, we should. As, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not lobbying for it, but... Mm. I mean, you've done an AMA on Reddit, haven't you? I have. I did do a Reddit AMA. I was very popular for a day. Does that go on the resume, or do you, like, print it out? And, oh, like, yeah, it's on my parents' fridge. special documents? Okay, your, your fridge yeah, is yeah. perfect. Yeah, the, under the magnet. So... On top of getting access to Blue Wire's top podcasters for Q&As, personal cover art, access to our community Discord, and any learning course full of tips and tricks, you'll also get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. So if you want to start a podcast, if you have 49ers takes and you want to spit them, this is a great place to start because getting started in the podcast realm is very difficult. There's so many out there and you just kind of jump into a stream all floating one direction. Blue Wire is going to pull you out of that stream and get you going on the fast track to success. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. 
So you're getting all the cover art, you're getting all the help you need, you know, see my cat is excited about this. And so whether you're starting from scratch or maybe you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join, and make sure to check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. We're, go- we're all going to have a lot of spare time here in these next few months, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I-, I think we're all going to spend a lot of time at home, and podcasting is an excellent hobby to have. So check it out is. Blue Wire Hustle. And honestly, I talk to you more than I talk to anybody else in my life, I think. It's a great way does to... He- does like, Heather I feel like our, I feel like our friendship has grown a lot because of this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Blue Wire. Yeah, I used to not like you that much, and now you're kind of grown. Yeah, right. You were a work acquaintance, and now it's like, yeah, I'll have a beer with that guy. <laughs> we'll golf with that guy. I'll play on his softball team. <laughs> uh, Blue Wire, where friends are made. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> nice how are the 49ers going to stay healthy next season because i, I think no idea. i think dude more than anything that is and that's where everything circles back to this year um one of my friends who's a, a sports fan but you know not like super locked in um he goes what happened with the niners this year it's like <laughs> They did, they couldn't stay healthy. Like, and that that was the that was it. That was what I had. Um, and it's now everything that we say about this team moving forward. I mean, even the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation centers a lot around his health. Um, yeah. Is there? I don't know, and I don't know how you fix what happened this year. We might have just missed an MVP season out of Jimmy Garoppolo because he got hurt. It's a great point. There, a, a butterfly could have flapped its wings in Thailand. Man. Leading to Jimmy Garoppolo spraining his ankle at MetLife Stadium, costing everybody a Jimmy Garoppolo Hall of Fame bullet point. Yeah, that's a great point. Potentially. Or not. I just, it's it's just, it's one of those things. Okay, so uh, a team has bad wide receivers. All right, draft a wide receiver, pay a wide receiver. A team has bad coaching, you fire the head coach, get a new head coach. A team gets injured the way the 49ers got injured this year. And to an extent in 2017 and to an extent in 2018 and 2019, (laughs) I don't know what I, I don't have an answer. Like I don't have a, Oh, here's what teams traditionally do in this situation. Yeah. Overhaul the training staff, which the 49ers did two years ago. Yeah. And it, it worked in 2019 and then it didn't this year. I mean, but basically Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, have fielded the questions and said they're resolute in their faith in the training staff and the program they have and all, you know, all the infrastructure and all that stuff from the health and performance side of it. They're, they're calling this bad luck, which Mm -hmm. is fine. Like I, the, the thing is, is like injuries suck. There, there isn't really a way for me to look at the team and be like, man, you know, you guys are doing all this stuff wrong because I'm not a doctor and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes and all of that. But it's like, on the other hand, it's too, it's like, how do you train for an ACL tear or like prevent an ACL tear, right? Like Nick Bosa, one of the most finely tuned athletes on the team, um, a guy who had injury questions in school, but, but didn't miss a game last year and was one of, you know, I tweeted this out like, George Kittle, 
Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Richard Sherman combined to miss three starts in 2019, and they missed 43 in 2020. Right, and those are probably the 49ers' four most important players. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, a lot of it's bad luck, and getting guys healthy is it, or or having your best players healthy as the 49ers in 2019. Maybe that's good luck, and you know, I I don't. I I just don't have a lot to say about the injury stuff and what they can do to fix it. Like George Kittle said, you know, like, well, we can't use injuries and excuse an excuse and, uh, or, or we can't say playing in into February was an excuse last year because the chiefs are 14 and two. Um, they played as long as we did. And obviously they're playing a lot better than we are not nearly as injured. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't have a whole lot of analysis to say, to talk about, about like preventing high ankle sprains. (laughs) like i just don't like and or tearing acls or whatever like you you can train and i don't think that it's the training like getting your body ready i don't think that's really the issue i think just some of it is just bad luck and the 49ers kyle shanahan said it today they had 81 million dollars on injured reserve at one point during the season which Mm -hmm. was the most in nfl history jesus after having good injury luck last year so like how do you look at your performance staff? Do you say, well, you know, you deserve credit for 2019, but we're going to fire you because everything sucked in 2020. Or do you think maybe in 2021 we can have good injury luck again and be fine? (laughs) I think a lot of it too had to do with, I mean, there's, there's bad luck for sure. There were games missed because of COVID obviously. And then, and then you have to wonder how, how the pandemic impacted off season training. Right. And just being like, there's, you can train all you want, but ultimately if you're missing OTAs and, and camps, like you're, it's hard to replicate the movements, uh, you do on a football field at a, at a, a high level like you do in, in weeks and weeks of practices. Yeah. And I think that plays, I think that plays a role as well. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> agree. And hopefully they get a normal off season. Hopefully you know the, the contact sport restrictions in Santa Clara get lifted um at some point in April when they start their when they would start their normal strength and conditioning program um yeah, it'll fingers be, crossed fingers crossed i have be two more things everybody. i have two i have two more well technically three but one of the things i'm lumping into one i have two more things i want to get to and then we can get out of here all right okay all right uh robert sala has three interviews set up with Atlanta, in fact, according to the Falcons, he finished his interview with the Falcons. He'll also be interviewing with Detroit and Jacksonville. That's according to John Lynch. Um, not a huge surprise. The only surprise, I think, would be if there's a job Sala doesn't interview for. Yeah. The He's other be one... A good coach, and I'm curious to see if he brings any any staffers with him yeah. and or free agents. If, the, if there's like a Niners Midwest movement or Niners... East Coast movement, wherever it ends up being. Uh, the other thing was Lynch said today that Adam Peters is interviewing for the Carolina job, the Carolina general manager job. Adam Peters is the 49ers VP of player personnel. Can you real quick run down? Um, because I think outwardly um, it looks like, okay, Kyle Shanahan has say over the roster, but John Lynch is the GM. 
It's not necessarily a traditional GM role, though, correct? And Adam Peters plays a sizable uh, uh, role in the front office. So what the 49ers... Do I have that right? Yeah, what, so what the 49ers sort of put together around John Lynch when he became... Or what John Lynch put together around himself, I guess, when he became GM was a personnel staff. Because it's not... You know, a lot of GMs come through, they start as scouts... Um, they work their way up to, you know, scouting directors, whatever, um, personnel people, um, and then ultimately GMs. And and John Lynch didn't take that path, right? So he didn't have the background in scouting that a lot of GMs have. So what he did was he went and got a really good personnel guy who he was already familiar with um, from his time uh, interning, quote, quote unquote, <laughs> with the Denver Broncos. And he was one of John Elway's top <clears throat> top personnel guys with the with the Broncos. So Adam Peters is sort of how how I guess how I describe it is like if John Lynch is taking the test, Adam Peters is is doing a lot of the homework. Um oh. and that's not to say, you know, that's not to say that Lynch isn't doing homework, but like when it comes to scouting and, you know, organizing the scouts and, and scout meetings and stuff like that. Adam Peters is doing a lot of that stuff. Well, and he's way more experienced than that. He's been in the NFL for almost two decades right? as a, as a scout and as a player personnel guy. Right. Totally. John Lynch so, did not do that. Yeah. John Lynch did not do that. So having somebody, a team um, of rivals. Yeah. Have, having a right hand to, to be a good, <laughs> um, to be the, to have the personnel experience you were lacking. If you're John Lynch, um, was a good thing. And I think Adam Peters, but as far as I know and everything I've heard, very highly respected, good at his job, young guy, Bay Area guy. Um, and so, you know, he's somebody who I think you and I talked about it maybe last year that maybe we thought if John Lynch ever got promoted into like a director of football operations role, maybe they would make Adam Peters a GM. Like that's sort of what the dynamic could have been potentially. But it sounds like Lynch is gonna is gonna be the GM, and maybe Peters now um, is is you know I, I don't know if he'll get hired this year. I really I don't have a feel for it. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is sort of the first because sometimes these guys go through hiring cycles over multiple years without getting a GM job. This could be the first year of a few where it's like, all right, I wonder if Adam Peters is gonna get a GM job or not this this off season, and maybe he will because John Elway. You know, John Elway really likes him. And John Elway said he would name a GM today, sort of taking everybody in Denver by surprise and relinquishing his, his GM duties. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe given the familiarity of that relationship, maybe Adam Peters goes back to Denver and ends up being their GM. And then maybe the 49ers can trade Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo to Denver. Um, oh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. What a tangled but, um, web. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, Adam Peters is is the guy who makes up for John Lynch's lack of personnel experience. And, sure. uh, and, and he's a up and coming, um, personnel executive in, in the league. Neato. Uh, the other <laughs> thing that came out from today that I think is, is relatively new information was John Lynch saying that he's can't say with any certainty that D Ford will be ready to play next year. And that is, I mean, I know we always we already talked about the health thing, but D Ford has had back issues going uh, back to his days at Auburn. He had a surgery there. He had a surgery in 2017 when he was with the Chiefs. 
on his back and now he's dealing with the back injury again and that's that's rough like you feel for that guy not only not being able to play football but also having to deal with a back injury which when i have like a tweak in my back my day is over so (laughs) yeah that that really sucks that that injury is that bad yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to recklessly speculate about his career, but like, I don't really know if anybody would be, if anybody around the team would be surprised if D Ford hung him up. Um, at yeah. some point this off season, and I think you could probably say the same for Weston Richburg. Um, wow. because, you know, I I think initially when Weston Richburg tore his patella tendon in December 2019, a lot of people expected him including Richburg himself to be back in time for the start of training camp and be the starting center in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Weston Richburg didn't play at all in 2020 because he never right. really healed from the injury. Um, and, yeah. or at least if he did, it took him a lot longer to come back um, than initially expected. And it's hard to look at Weston Richburg given that, you know, he had that awful injury where he tore the tendon off, but connecting his, his quadricep to his knee in 2018 and played through it through the entire season and then had surgery afterwards um, on top of tearing his patella tendon in 2019. Like, you know, I I think Western Richburg might be at a point where playing high-level NFL football is behind him um, just because his his body might not allow it. And, and, you know, I haven't talked to him and and I'm not, you know, I I don't, I don't want to speak out of pocket um, just because, you know, maybe he's fighting really hard for a comeback in, in 2020 and, and we don't know about it. But, um, you know, if Wes and Richburg ended up retiring, I don't think anybody would be surprised either. Yeah. So um, that leaves potentially, uh, you know, I mean, the 49ers could really afford upgrades along the interior of the offensive line over. You know, Daniel Brunskill is probably a, a decent swing tackle and maybe a better right guard than center. Um, man, Daniel, the, the 49ers had to play a lot of games with their fourth string center this year. It was pretty wild. Like the I was I've been going through um, because as a blogger during the offseason, life gets really difficult. Sure. And so you got to figure out ways to repackage things. And so you I'm, just got to recklessly speculate. Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing that. Um, Say, hey, this this free agent. Report via Chris Biederman of the Candlestick Chronicles, Weston Richburg, hanging him up. <laughs> it is not a report. These, I'm not these, saying I that know, based on, on anything I've heard other than the fact that people would, given how long it took him to recover, no, put it this way, nobody's banking on Weston Richburg right. to be the starting center in 2021 right now. Although he's a really changes, good player when right he's on the field. Not. So if he can, the Niners would take it. You certainly hope, though, that Richburg and and D Ford uh, find a way to get healthy and, and find a way onto the field again. Uh, not only for for uh, the 49ers' sake, but uh, for their sakes as well. So both uh, of them are good humans, by the way. Yes, D Ford, awesome to musician known. too. Good human. Fun fact. Okay, we're gonna get out of here. Um, that was a lot to cover. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always. Uh, Chris, let's do a little producing on the fly here. Yeah. Are we doing another pod this week, or are we going to one a week during the offseason? Uh, I can do another one. Okay, cool. Another pod coming out later this week. Check your feed, subscribe, rate, review, and you haven't. Uh, this has been Candlestick Chronicles. See ya.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.